This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3586, from Monday, the 2nd of May, 2022. Today's show is entitled, HPR Community News for April 2022. It is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 66 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is... HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in April 2022. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is Community News for April 2022. And joining me today is... Hello everybody, it's Dave Boris. How are you today, Dave? Not bad, not bad. Surviving, you know, it's it's a bit wet here in Edinburgh and a bit chilly, but uh, otherwise good. It's fresh out here in the lowlands of Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Should have fairly similar weather, I would imagine. Yes, indeed. Anyway, for those of, uh, those of you new to this spiel, those of you who are not new, I've already fast-forwarded. Anyway, this is the HBR Community News. HBR is Hacker Public Radio a community podcast that was started nigh on 16 years, 7 months, and 17 days ago, Dave. Hard to believe. Wow. Hard to believe. Absolutely. That's amazingly long time. And for the last 10 years or so, or more, we've been releasing shows every day without fail. Touch wood. Yep. Find some wood. Hold on one second. Just because I don't believe in superstition doesn't mean really, doesn't believe in me, Dave. <laughs> yes, yes. But do the do the wood spirits live in MDF? That's my question. <sighs> yes. <laughs> oh god. Right. Take two. Right from the start. I'll edit all this out. <clears throat> no, I won't. Uh, this is the HBR Community News for April 2022. Um, yeah, this is actually a bit of a mess. <sighs> Would the community want to hear this drivel or not? Ah, it's it's all part of the part of the rich texture that we produce. Yeah, rich texture, yeah. Just all it says in the script. Anyway, <laughs> Hyperpublic Radio is a community podcast where shows are submitted by listeners very much like you. In fact, identical to you. In fact, we could do with some shows from you if you haven't submitted them already. Um... And the community news, the janitors come and basically give a rundown of all the shows that have been going, all the stuff that's been going on in the community for the last month or so. And we uh, make a point of um, going through each of the shows and welcoming new hosts, which is something that you tend to do, Dave. So can you do that now? I can, yes. Um, we have two nice, easy to pronounce names. We have Lee and we have Sarah. So welcome Not to that. Congratulations and welcome to both of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for submitting shows. And people with awkward names are also welcome here on the network. <laughs> yes, yes. But but yes, sometimes we make a mess of the names. <sighs> just, to, just to let you know. <laughs> yes, we, we love you all equally. So, the first show last month was Heavy Hacking Down at the Quarry. And finally, we got uh, Tim Timmy, Marshall, to submit us a show. 
And um, he had submitted one before, but it was basically a script which I narrated. So this was uh, it was great to hear him. And there are some comments on the show. Scroll, scroll. Ah, right. Jeremiah Schroeder says, couldn't agree more. Hi, Tim Timmy. I couldn't agree with you more about the Bison 120 jaw crusher. The same thing happened to me just outside warranty as well. Love the show. Yeah, that sucks when that happens, actually. So, uh, Kay Olin says, great show. Hi from Fredericksburg Quarry in the great state of Virginia. You forgot to say what pressure you needed to get the manifold up to before you applied the gasket cover. Also, I was wondering who your supplier was for the hang riffs. Mobicat are no longer supplying them, and in brackets, for the 100 at least. Uh, I can't find, can't seem to find them on this side of the pond. Any help would be appreciated. Shipping stateside is not a problem. So yes, we had a comment from Clayton Miner who says this brings back memories. Hi Marshall, I retired from the Flintstone trade more than 20 years ago. It was great to hear the familiar sounds of a quarry again in the background. Was that a Pullman granulator that I heard five minutes in while you were working on the perforation grid? I don't know how lucky, you don't know how lucky you are with these modern marbles. We mostly had Dodgers where we worked and even brand new they were a pain to maintain. Still, those are a huge step up from the old Blake Crusher the boss and his pa bought in Philly. Man, we all hated that thing, especially Five Finger Fred. Even now they drag it out for every company picnic. It's a rite of passage for every new apprentice to get that back to life for a day. Good times. Thanks again, Clay. And Windigo says, thanks for the contribution. Thanks for the wonderfully informative episode. Uh, Another one to tuck into my list of favourites. Also, I know we take episodes regardless of the audio, but thanks for putting so much effort into getting the high-quality recording. It really makes a world of a difference. Looking forward to your next episode. And Jezra says, I started falling asleep. The sound of the rock crusher was lulling. I'm now in the process of making an hour-long loop to help me sleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you, mate. <laughs> Good for you, Tim Timmy. Uh, thank you very much for uh, pulling that one out of the bag because I had something else planned and uh, and uh, didn't didn't get to it. So the following day, the 2nd of April, was the HBR Community News. And do we have any comments, Dave? Surely. We did not. No, no. Surely a, um, a show as controversial as that warranted a few comments. Apparently not. Apparently not. And no comments either for what is NVME and why it is important. This was, I had no idea. I'm completely out of it with my uh, whole... Uh, a Raspberry Pi is enough. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening in the high-end computer spectrum now. No, me neither. Me neither. I, I didn't realise that NVMe was anything very special. I just thought it was the name of a of a card with some memory on it or something. But no, there's there's a lot to be learned there. And the Wikipedia article gives you some quite useful pointers. I found. Yeah, thanks. Uh, JWP is a few of these, and they're all quite interesting. Um. Popcorn episode two, uh, programming mathematics and asymmetric literacy. Uh, any audio is better than no audio. Mathematics equals logic, uh, etc. So he's added some uh, show notes to this and uh, some links. 
there has been a comment by some guy on the internet saying, public service announcement, friends don't let friends drive while doing maths. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was an in-the-car show, I think, wasn't it? It was, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Nice comment. Unfortunately, every single point Black Colonel makes is wrong, and there will be an upcoming episode on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Which, I'm sure. With any luck, we'll uh, prompt a few more episodes from him. How, how quick can we poke the stick? <laughs> uh, speaking of people who are usually wrong, the Linux in-laws, Rust Marketing, a shameless plug for the hipster programming language and why to use it. Yes, Good Lord, this was really like the, the part of a political broadcast for the Russ Foundation. Yes, yes, it was quite pro, pro-Russ, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they made no bones about it. Good luck to them. Yeah, they probably have a point there somewhere, but uh, wouldn't like to admit it. Some of the lads in work are interested in this, so I pointed them to this series. But we'll see, see what happens. Yeah, cool. The following day... Five comments on the old file systems from DOS Disk Operating System, or dirt was a dirty operating system actually in the Wikipedia article. Is that right? Yep. Do you want to do the first one? Yep. Yep. Zen Floater Two says, "Squirrel applause." Ah, the nineteen eighties fat and assembler. This was exactly why we drank beer when we wrote code till three a.m. It was a good program, sir. Well says, "Good blast from the past, man." Just entering, and he makes me feel old. Brackets, I'm old. This was a very good one. Complete, clear, and sufficiently simple explanation of how FAT works. Understanding the old file system is a very good way to enter the new file systems, which intend to solve many of the problems Ahuka mentions. And remember, the days of DOS are also very nice. Thanks for the show and the work for the community. Greetings from Mexico. Excuse my bad English. I learned from a city manual. Well, you did very well there. Your English yes. is exceeding mine now. <laughs> they probably didn't have accents on, on words in those days either. Uh, mm-hmm. So Kevin O'Brien says, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Your English is better than my Spanish at this point, but I'm learning your language and hope to visit Mexico. I'm, I'm already planning a trip to Spain. Excellent. Some guy on the internet says, I'm not old enough. Was RAID available on MS-DOS? If so, could you perform RAID 1 using floppy disks? <laughs> Kevin O'Brien says, RAID on DOS. I have to admit, I never looked into it. When I was running DOS in the 1980s, even getting a hard drive was something of a novelty. Well, here's how you do RAID on floppy disks. You put copy A, X copy A, or was it X copy forward slash E, forward slash something else, A colon, B colon. Now, that would give you RAID. <laughs> yes, yes. Does it stand for um, something inexpensive discs? Well, they were not inexpensive in them yeah. days. No, that's true. Um, the following day, we had, when to go back with quite a popular episode, The Meatball Mystery. Naming oddity leads to a question about the genealogy and American history. So is it my turn? I've lost. Ah, go for it. King Heasy says, meatballs and such. I thought the episode was enjoyable. I then went to the back catalogue and listened to the opposing views on tattoos. He references the show. And alcohol. Those are interesting with 
both Windigo and Mrs. Honeyhew. Go. And Windigo replies, thanks, glad you enjoyed them. There were there's many enjoyable episodes in the HBR backlog. I'm looking forward to hearing your contribution on the HBR collection. You just did a Ken there. You see that? Well done, well done. Very good. Now this one, uh, I uh, I um, had a, a comment on some of the episodes every day on the Mastodon and the Twitters, and uh, this one got a lot of um, a lot of attention. It's I didn't a, know. Uh, yeah, I, I learned stuff here. I didn't know that spaghetti and meatballs was not Italian. <laughs> it's a, an Americanization of Italian. Now, Dave, you ruined it. Oh, no, I'm going to have to go back and not. edit. Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have heard it. You'll have been amazed with what you heard. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, more about NVMe, and there was one comment on this one. Uh, some guy on the internet said, thanks for the information. I never looked into the details of M.2 SATA or NVMe. I buy the Western Digital M.2 SATA disk because they're fast and cheap. What do you think about using an NVMe disk in a Type-C enclosure to run live USB sessions with persistent uh, persistence like Norman BSD. So JWP still needs to get back to us on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think people do. There are enclosures for these things, aren't they? So yeah, you can yeah. use them as external, external, as external disks. So maybe, yeah, yeah. Don't know. Not done it myself. Follow question. If anyone has experience with this, drop us in a line. Record a show. It's not that hard. Following day, home coffee roasting part two, uh, DNT. I think no comments on this one, largely because most of the comments were on the previous episode. Mm -hmm. It's good though. It, 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 I'm still yep. learning a lot from these. Yeah, I'm. I'm learning that. Uh, yeah, my the way I make coffee is is very crass. <laughs> 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 that's what I'm learning. But that's fine. That's me. I know where I am. I know a place in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not really into grinding my own coffee as much as I was at one time. So roasting it myself, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, that, uh, I'm going to be going yeah. down that road. But I, I do know people who, who might well do that. Yeah, might appreciate it. Um, following day, first episode from Lee, and what a corker this one was. Recording the local news for the blind visually impaired. I must say, I was this one nearly brought me to tears. I don't know, a bit of a wuss at the minute, and uh, it was absolutely great to hear this, and great to hear the free Libra open source software was facilitating this effort. Yeah, Brilliant. wonderful thing. So I've lost track of who's. I'll do the Windigos. Go for it. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. Uh, comment. Windigo says, enlightening episode. Thank you for the episode. I was completely unaware of these services and found them highly interesting. Brian-in-Ohio said, good show. I really liked this episode. Good insight into how audio production is done on an expert level. I'd love to hear how Lee is connected to the project and maybe uh, how you got into the audio stuff. I bet you Lee is a fourth guy. I bet he ain't. <laughs> Brian out there trying to pedal his fourth. 
So we have a comment from El Musol, who doesn't comment often as far as I'm aware, though he's very much in the in the background helping out with manner of things, HBR related, another podcast related, and he says elderly relatives et al the talking newspaper arriving weekly was a highlight for a couple of my great aunts when I was growing up in the 70s in the UK. I know that groups of both sighted and not folks organised listening coffee mornings through church at that time it's interesting to think that then talking books were a thing primarily for visually impaired people only whereas now audiobooks are a thing for everyone Audible and the rest owe their existence to standing on the shoulders of giants. Great episode that reminded that people do good stuff for other people for reasons other than financial reward. And he forgot to mention? He forgot to mention that it should be said that the local newspaper in question was the still extant Clitheroe Advertiser and Times. Super. That's that's of Yorkshire, I think. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, up north in... In uh, England. Don't salt for you, I reckon. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm Edinburgh Blether. Mr. X and Dave Morris catch up after nearly a year. Was it a year, Dave? It sure was. Yep, yep, yep. It's amazing how time slides by, as we said several times, probably. Yeah. Anyway, some guy on the internet says declassified. These are the recordings captured by the United Kingdom's National Crime Agency in a 40-year investigation of the famous hacker Dave Morris and the notorious Mr. X. Some may argue we wasted millions of pounds in man-hours to capture this audio. We argue the knowledge of all in English plumbing was worth it. <laughs> Whispers to Dave and Mr. X do another one. Actually, I need to say that like... Declassified. These are the recordings captured in the United Kingdom's National Crime Agency in a 40-year investigation of infamous hacker Dave Morris and the notorious Mr. X. Some may argue we wasted millions of pounds and man-hours to capture this audio. We argue the knowledge of old English plumbing was worth it. (laughs) Naturally, I'll go back and edit that in. (laughs) So, yes, Brian in Ohio says, Show, glad to hear you guys are still game, in quotes. Smiley face. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Actually, I should have done that in a British accent. Like the, uh, what were those uh, during the war the newsreels were from? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't pretend <laughs> yes, like do you don't know, Dave. You were... <laughs> <laughs> I do remember them. See them in the cinema as well before the, before the film. Was it the, uh, was it the cockerel or the... Yeah, I think look this I up can't now. remember now. I can't remember. There was a sort of radio mast thing with with uh, sort of radio waves whizzing around it in some context. I can't remember what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, that was one. You can be sure it was a plumber accent, though. So. Okay, now is not the time to be looking that up. If somebody knows, do show it up, please. Uh, where are we now? Oh, yeah, first impressions, first impressions of Ubuntu 22.04 as a daily driver. Nightwives gives his impressions of the latest LTS release of Ubuntu. If you could take the, I will take the first one. Uh, some guy on the internet. Yikes! I agree with you on many things like not having to tinker on production machine. It just needs to work. However, I wouldn't brush broad brush the Linux community as, in quotes, bearded geeks living in a trailer because they choose something different. 
I'll do a show with as a proper response, but I'm happy you're enjoying Ubuntu 22.04. Looking forward to that, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Zenfloater2 says, your review. Hi, I'm a 40-plus year veteran of commercial software development, now retired. I actually start, started writing commercial software in 1966. Open standards are our new standard. It's taken me 30 years to accept this fact. I found your opinions appalling. I believe you should just return to using Windows as your only operating system. While I clearly understand your needs, I see no future for the rollover and play dead attitude you've taken. I also am a bearded person who lives in the woods and has a shotgun. I use OpenBSD and Slackware on any cheap low-powered laptop I find in dumpsters. Excellent. Proving the rule. Proving the exception. Uh, I replied, uh, my comments entitled, How do you pay for software? Hi, Nightwise. While I enjoy your... These are my personal opinions and not the views of HBR. How do you pay for software? Hi, Nightwise. While I enjoy your podcast, I must say your attitude seems a little selfish. You've been around the community long enough to know that development relies on people taking time to report bugs. Yet you say, I never report bugs. And then later, the technology just needs to work for you. And then later, I cannot afford to spend hours and hours tinkering. How do you expect the bug in Mate that may or may not have, how do you expect the bug Mate may or may not have with Bluetooth on your Lenovo to be magically fixed if they don't know it's broken? Given that you use Linux as a daily driver, you have your own business, you pay for OneDrive, and you can happily pay 50 euros for closed source software, I wonder, do you subscribe to Ubuntu? And I give a link where a desktop subscription can be had for as low as $25 a year. As for not worrying about desktops, as all laptops are in the cloud, let me point you to killedbygoogle.com and killedbymicrosoft.com. And if you open up those two, it will give you the 266 applications that Google has killed. And the other one doesn't say, and the other one also has equivalent a number of applications that have been killed by Microsoft. I've been around long enough to know that the, I'm also around long enough to know that more the merrier is. Back in the day, there was the too many dollar software argument was leveled at XFCE. And then the Raspberry Pi arrived and needed a desktop. Now it's one of the most most used environments out there. Mm, very good, yes. So the following day, uh, hello and how I got into tech. Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is how I got into tech. So uh, comments. <clears throat> Brian in Ohio says, welcome, great show. Looking forward to any shows on any of the topics mentioned. Yes, yes, and yes. McNally says, welcome, welcome aboard, sir. Nice introduction. I look forward to hearing the shows on various topics you mentioned, and I'll add your Apple experience to my arsenal of anecdotes from my Apple-loving friends. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, Lurking Prion says, welcome. Always good to hear from other cybersecurity evangelists. Look, look forward to hearing more. And Kevin says, great show. You sound like someone I want to hear more from. And as a librarian, uh, are you by chance familiar with the podcast, Welcome to the Night Vale by Sarah? Welcome to the Night Vale. And then you can do Sarah's reply. Sarah says, at Kevin O'Brien, ha, not only 
Am I familiar with it? I've been to a live showing. Do not go into the dog park, smiley face. And Kevin goes, all hail the low cloud. Presumably you would know what that was if you listened to the show. <laughs> However, yes. yes. Sarah, let's see what we can see. Tandy, yes. Start there and work your way up. For your next show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's some quite an interesting journey she's had. Um, you wouldn't. Uh, I have worked in a university for a long time and uh, knew quite a number of the librarians there. Some of whom went down the technology route because you know a lot of technology and librarianship these days. Uh, but it's a it's a fascinating subject. I'd really like to know lots more about all of those things. Yep, you can come. And apparently. I uh, I realised I thought there weren't any librarians, but there are at least three, according to the uh, chat on the HBR Matrix channel, IRC oh, channel. Right. Okay, okay. There you go. I look forward to starting a librarian series soon, folks. Yeah, I Mention think it's an in- interesting subject. I certainly certainly subscribe to that. <laughs> I subscribe to it all, but you know what I mean. I do. Following day, Electronic Freedom, Never Mind the Civil Rest, by the outlaws, the Linux, by the in-laws even, the Linux in-laws. And this was an um, interview with the Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, George, Georgian affiliation, as in the state uh, in the US, not the country in Europe. Ah, very nice, very, very nice episode. Makes me... Uh, something that I'd like to get involved in, but I do not have the time, and I would get very stressed with it. Oh my god! <laughs> they they were a very interesting uh, a bunch of guests. Um, yeah, the three of them. They they all they knew each other, two knew each other more than the third third guy. But they they were all interacting extremely in interesting ways, and uh, had a lot of, of fascinating things to say. I thought, and and, and did it very well. Yeah. I was used to used to those sorts of interviews. So an excellent show, I thought. Yeah, very good. I'm amazed at they 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 do very good interviews. They they are in those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bitten says more Europe centric here in the Europe. We have the E D R I. And in Sweden, the DFRI, for example, uh, that's more European variants of the EFF. And that's the European Digital Rights. Uh, European Digital Rights, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't know either of those, to be honest, but uh, no. there you go. Zenfloat2 says, centralized federal power. Did you just say that you're in, that you are in favor of giving the federal government more control of our lives after knowing the absolute mess they've created on social media? What? Perhaps I misunderstood that comment you made on this subject. Yep. Pin is not noobs. Archer72 goes, cranks up the still and sends another, another episode, distilled we're calling it distilled genius. Nice show notes we like. And yes, I'm yes, tempted, yes. Tempted to use this if I hadn't just spent hours fixing my fix SSH on the Pi thing, which I now need to refix because they've taken the default username out of the Pi. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's worth yeah. a, worth a go, I think. 
I'm about to, to do that very thing myself. So yeah, yeah. And no, great show. I do enjoy his use of pictures. Uh, he, uh, he's he got, got the, the process off to a T now, so we, we managed to turn the turn what he sends in into something that looks like this pretty quickly. Cool. Uh, speaking of images, the following day we had raw images as part of the GIMP series. Um, how to work with unprocessed images in raw fa- format. And most of the time people use JPEG, but... Um, uh, a hookah series tells you about this again loads of links and follow the series on his wordpress site which will be available uh, yeah. in the future as a complete series it's um it's really good actually i enjoyed listening to this i knew of raw uh, i'm not much of a photographer these days but uh i had fiddled around with some of my son's pictures in that format and, and struggled a little bit with some of the things. So it's useful to have some yeah. pointers to, to ways to, to deal with them and so on. Particularly it uh, varies from camera to camera, so you need to... Yeah. 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 So, following day, my daily Linux driver, Nightwise, talks about the Linux systems he uses as a daily driver. And I went through and got some to put links in for a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't know, notice that before. Yeah, well done. But I, I always think it's just nice to see the the stuff that people have. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I I hadn't actually having processed the notes, <laughs> I sort of forgot. I hadn't actually looked at them with with my brain switched on. You know. Um, so yeah, it, it it is. You're quite right. It is really important to have that that level of, of uh, information there because it can lead you off into pathways that uh, that you will benefit from. Yeah. I wasn't able to find anything. You mentioned something about a, a Pistero podcast app for the terminal. I wasn't able to uh, find anything about that. Never heard that one. Never heard of that no. one. So always best uh, if you as a host send in the links for the stuff you're talking about. And uh, presumably you have it on a post-it note or somewhere and even if you scan that or take a picture of it and attach it to us, then at least we know what it is. These are my best guesses at what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Some of the stuff isn't available. The Lenovo Think Center, for example, isn't available. So I don't know how much that was. Better guess. Rolling a new character. And this one I listen to while at the computer, which helps because uh, you can follow along with the code. Um, yeah, it yes. looks readable now. I think I'm at a point yes. where I can start reading um, Haskell. Well, them's fighting words. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yes. But, yeah. Be asking questions later. But yes, yes, uh, yes it, that's Haskell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I unfortunately was in the middle of doing something that couldn't be couldn't be left. So I just heard it and didn't. Uh, didn't actually uh, read the read the the notes um, at the time, so yeah, I definitely need to go back and, and fill in that gap. And uh, Tuckov seven five one and DMT talk about browsers. This was the um, DMT's idea of doing the matrix uh, call in thing. Yeah, and I think uh, it was a good, interesting thing about browsers. Actually, it was a good uh, it was a good um, show. Would be a good way to just give people an option to to record a show real quick and take it down. Mm-hmm. I'll have to yeah. have a think about that. 
it's a good idea and I'd hope to have time to to uh, do something myself but um, it's yep. not, not time it's just the number of brain cells in my case the thing um, I, I like it it's a good idea because we could we could at the beginning of this show say right the the, the call in topic for next month is blah uh, you know if somebody wants if there's a topic somebody wants to talk about then we could we could do that uh, so I do like the idea uh, it's just, and this month I had intended to do it, but I had the operation and all the other stuff that's going on here at the minute. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's come back to this one. It's it's definitely a good idea that we should uh, consider in more more depth. I think. <clears throat> yep. And I'm conscious of the fact that I don't want to go into next month's one. But a collective history on RAID controllers, and this was another one from JWP who's got a lot of stuff there, and a friend of his did this uh, RAID controller history, which I found was super interesting. Little yes. obscure website, but... Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything about any <laughs> of know, these. these one, hits, <laughs> one hit per year, and then all of a sudden 14,000 because it's hit HBR. We'd, uh, we bought... Um, uh, deck machine yeah, one of their alpha range of machines mm-hmm. and we had a big raid uh, array with it um, you know sort of dedicated cabinet with removable hot swappable discs and stuff in it but I have no idea what was behind it I mean it just was and and we we set it up and we managed it but <laughs> beyond that I know nothing mm-hmm. no good stuff good stuff nice uh, little bit of history yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could definitely go and find out more from from the, that particular uh, link um, and uh, follow on from there if you wished. Some guy on the internet had the next show, which is part two in his freedom of speech in open source. Freedom has a cost. And uh, yes, I'm glad he didn't uh, uh, take my comments to heart. So... Uh, but it's good, nice to have a, a discussion about uh, these this topic in particular. Um, in this one, he's concerned about activism in the browser, or ap- activism where people are, are putting political messages into source code, and wonders if that's going to happen. You know, advertising is going to come in or not into into source code. I doubt it. It's already happened before, but. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Have a listen to the show. Leave a comment. Record your own show. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was it was most interesting. He uh, certainly has some unique insights into into these yep. things. So very very useful. Yeah. So that was the show's Dave. It was indeed. That's the last one. And the other comments. Fact, it's, it's Friday's show, so there you go. So Archer seventy two had left a comment to my show, which was episode 2881, uh, back from 2019. And he says, and now I know and will forget again. <laughs> Until the next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was on how to automatically split albums into uh, albums into tracks in Audacity. Yes, I have the same thing myself. Yeah, I remember you, you doing that and uh, thinking, oh, that's really useful. I've not actually needed to, to do, do it yet, but I do have 
CDs lurking around here mm-hmm. and a CD drive, so it would be a pretty smart thing to, to do, actually. So, uh, yeah. mm, yes, useful, useful. So the next comment was um, on Jezra's show talking about his experience with Starlink. Uh, and it was from Windigo saying, congratulations. I'm glad to hear you're not at the mercy of satellites in geosynchronous orbit. I have mixed feelings about Starlink, but it certainly sounds like a viable internet option. That's something that has often been promised and rarely delivered. Viva la dirt, says Windigo. <laughs> That's what uh, Jezra calls his, his place out in the, in the wilds. Uh-huh. I'd love to go and visit that place. Some of the weirdest... If you're looking for somebody to follow on Mastodon, it's always a laugh. You never know what's going to happen. He does live a, a, an interesting life, shall we say, interesting in the Chinese way. Yeah, oh, he doesn't. He's a farmer, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's good, good for him. Yep. You know, my list of uh, people to inveigle an uh, invitation from when I eventually do that trip to America thing. Um, anyway, uh, comments from Kevin O'Brien taking me back on my show about vernier calipers. Back around 1969, I had a job working in a gauge calibration lab. Gauges are used in manufacturing to test the dimensions of pieces as they complete a step and the parts go into a go-no-go gauge. Gauges allowed for quick and uh, for very quick tests by line operators. Our lab had to verify that the gauges were correct. We also uh, calibrated vernier calipers with gauge blocks. Also, I did not misspell gauge. That is the correct spelling for this type of device. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, back, good for you. Yes, back yes. Back in my engineering days, we had going to go gauges on the lines. Yes, very much. Cool. Comments so, marked in green were read in the last community news and should be ignored in this one. Good. I'll edit that go. out as well, Dave. <laughs> Leave it in if you want. That. Yes. Um, so the next comment that we are allowed to read is one on. Um, the Zig project from uh, the Linux in-laws, and it's from Clacke, who says the nitty-gritty of U.S. non-profits. C. Crow, is it? Was one of the one of the guests? I think says in the episode that a 501c6 cannot accept donations. It can, but unlike a 501c3, the donation to to a six is not tax deductible as a charitable donation. A more important difference is that 501c3 is required by law to work for the public good, whereas a 501c6 is required to work for the good of its members. Yeah, true. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. That's useful. I think that was brought up uh, before on the um, Software Freedom Law podcasts. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say more in-depth discussions about the differences between, and here he is, between public charities 501c3 and trade associations 501c6, where Bradley Kuhn, who now works for and has previously founded and managed the software Seaton Conservancy, and a link to their blog. Yes, that's, that's a useful thing to, to have. So, okay. um, scrolling past the ones we, we've already read, uh, Kevin O'Brien saying to oh to my show about removing EXIF data from an image, he says orientation in Android. I've been processing a ton of photos from my RV trip 
all taken with Android phones, and I get some with the wrong orientation. I can correct this in Digicam, which is my collection management tool. When corrected, they stay correct after that. Okay. Yeah. Good. I read that and thought, oh, that's interesting. I must look into it, but I've not, not really had the time. So that's an interesting observation. I thought I'd seen Android phones occasionally doing something weird in, in that regard. I don't really understand it. And um, Younglun says, I'm one of the cool kids now. Top secret handshake, followed by a secret knock on the door. Come, come, come. <laughs> Hello, world, to the mailing list. Fine. <laughs> Well, good for you. <laughs> and I requested some volunteers for auditors. Uh, Dave Lee, Jason, and Taj responded, and you also had a comment uh, about HBR Community News. So nice and quiet on the list this month, Dave, as opposed yes. to last month. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there's not much really to uh, to be reading out this time, so uh, that's good. Yeah, we did spend a fair bit of time and energy on doing the doing the readings last week, uh, last month. I mean, so yeah, that's a nice have a rest. So where it goes, sometimes it's busy, sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any other business? Yes. So I'll do the first one because this one is mine. Uh, when you're uploading shows, especially if you're doing a series, multiple shows, if you could space them out for two weeks, that would be great. So uh, unless, of course, they, they were extremely short of shows and then that all goes out the window. So I'll just reread the upload guideline. Of course, there are gui only guidelines, but uh, so you, this is a rule. You have to have the audio recording ready before you pick a slot. So don't bother reserving a slot unless you have the audio. Um, that said, if you do want to reserve a slot for a particular event, then uh, contact us and we'll go to the mailing list or just go to the mail list and ask there. Uh, always try and fill any free slots that are available in the upcoming two weeks. So in the next two weeks, pick the first slot. Go for it. If the queue is filling up, which would mean that everything in the next two weeks is done, Try and leave a few free slots for new contributors because it's nicer not to have to wait more than two weeks is fine, but um, two months can be a bit of a downer if you're a new host. And if you have a non-urgent show, pick an empty week and pop it in there. So you know, three months from now, pop it in because we'll probably be short of shows in the, in the, in the summer, Northern Hemisphere, winter, Southern Hemisphere, we tend to be short of shows. And if you're uploading a series of shows, consider scheduling one every two weeks. I'm thinking of making that a a thing that every host, any host, should not submit more than two shows, one show every two weeks, unless the queue is empty. What do you think? That's actually mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask. A policy change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, uh, make it uh, make the software detect the fact that there's already one two weeks uh, within the two-week window when a, a slot's chosen, that, that sort of thing, yeah. Well, more about that we update that guideline so that hosts should not submit more than uh, one show every two weeks. That's not to say that you can't submit 100 shows and just space them out every two weeks. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Don't know what people would think about that. I'm sure we get a flood of comments in and uh, I'll have a, more of a think about it and... Uh, 
Maybe pull something to the mailing list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry to go. So, um, right. Commas between tags was my, was an item that I, I put in. Um, that we've had a number of shows in recent weeks where the tags have not had any commas between them. Now, obviously, they can be put in, although it's a pain uh, and it means sort of breaking the, the workflow. Um, but one of the things is it's really hard to tell where one tag ends and the next begins. So my silly example was dog space fish space custard. Does that mean dog space fish, as in dogfish uh, and custard, or does it mean dog then fish custard, or dog and fish and custard? Which which one? And how do I choose? Um, or dogfish you know, custard, Dave. <laughs> it could be that as well. Yes, indeed, indeed. Though so quite what that that show I'd quite like to listen to. It, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so yeah, could you remember to put the comments in? It does actually say it, it remind you on the on the form? I think doesn't it? If it doesn't, ping me and we'll uh, we'll make sure that it gets added. Yep. I'll do the other one, which is um, just asking about what's added into tags. Um, there's a fair number of cases of host name or ha- handle or the series name being put in as a tag. Tags are intended to help with finding shows, as we all know. But um, you can find shows by host because when you're at the show by a particular host, uh, then you can you can use the their uh, their name or handle at the top of the show page to click to see all of the shows they've ever submitted. Similarly with series, if you're on a series, you can you can go and look at uh, all the, the other shows in that series by the same sort of means. So putting them into tags seems like it's a generally a, a bad idea yep. um, because uh, it, it, it f- fills up the tag space with things that are a bit redundant, I would say. Yeah, that's not the purpose of them. Um, so we're officially going to take them out now, uh, host names and series names out. There's no reason for yep. them to be in tags. Yep. Anyone's got a problem with that, uh, bring it up in the mail list or contact us. But you janitors dictating. Don't know why I'm doing that in an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> you janitors dictating, telling us what to do here. Keep off our bogs. Anyway, use of explicit only covers audio. God, we're... Uh, there was a lot of stuff this week, uh, this month, uh, largely because we were doing a lot of automation. Um, and there were actually we were posting an awful lot of shows coming from <laughs> Kevin was on his RV trip and he promised not to record any more shows, but he did nonetheless, for which I'm thrilled about because I got a warm, fuzzy feeling that the queue is nice and full uh, and uh, stuff. So... Um, there was something like 21 shows in the queue that needed to be processed. So I decided finally, because I also had a knee operation, so I was stuck here anyway. So I decided to use that time to uh, to finally automate the posting of the shows. And in doing that, you notice a lot of these things that you would fix yourself normally um, being a pain in the ass now, because now you need to go back and okay, where am I going to accept it, intercept it in the workflow? Because that's wrong. I don't want to be having to go into the database afterwards. So, um, okay, the explicit covers the audio, and this is why I was asking for uh, the auditors. So the auditors mailing list 
following discussions from last month, previously on HBR. Big long discussion about uh, Ken interfering with <laughs> the hosts. Um, so, but it, it was, am I censoring hosts by communicating them directly before uh, before the poster show was a question that I raised myself against myself. And uh, the answer was, I could have been. So in order to prevent or in order to ensure that that doesn't happen, um, that we have the auditors are included now on communications with hosts that involve stuff that involve informing them about HPR policies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, for example, in the case that was sent in, the F word was used in the title and in the show notes. Now, we have uh, on our main website, when you upload a show, uh, Stuff You Need to Know page, uh, you will no longer be allowed to edit HPR pages on Wikipedia, which we still don't have a thing. All policy decisions are made by the HPR community. HPR will stop as a project if there are not enough shows. You should support our patents. We do not syndicate HPR shows. You agree to license your show CC by SA. You need to have permission to redistribute your show in its entirety. Audio for the show will not be moderated. Now, this is the one. And your show will be signed as containing explicit content. So the agreement is, we had this discussion before, HPR 2210 on freedom of speech and censorship was the agreed approach, which is essentially like the record industry does. So they have explicit content in a CD and you have an explicit cover on the CD. And then outside that, they have a parental warning cover on. And that's kind of what we've agreed as fellow people, community members, to do. Uh, which means you put a warning at the top of your show and you flag it as explicit. But the issue with that is that our feed itself is uh, not going to be filtered based on the explicit flag. So we can explicitly prevent... It's not prevent. Somebody can subscribe to the clean version where the explicit flag is set to uh, false and they will get shows that are uh, explicit or not explicit, depending on their wishes. But default, you get everything. However, even if you're on the clean feed, you will still see the F word used in the titles. So um, on the website and stuff. And that's a bit off-putting to some people. Uh, so we've asked the host if they would mind if we removed the effort. And I replaced it with heck, even though I can't believe I've ever used that name in anger. I have no problem using the effort at all. Uh, but being a ham radio operator, I realized that, uh, yeah, just because I don't, other people may have. So why? Might stress people out if you can avoid it. Yep, fair enough. I've gone off and around, have I, Dave? No, you you just uh, fleshed out the the issue a little bit more than I had in the notes, but uh, I think it's good. It's fine. So um, essentially, the explicit only covers the audio. So uh, we do from time to time contact hosts about uh, explicit material. For example, the, the classic. Klaatu uh, had a scary avatar at one stage and removed it. And you mentioned it on the New World Order, so I feel 
that it's in the public domain to be able to talk about that. And finally, for me, don't add the intro and outro anymore, please. That would also help. Um, I'm fine if you have shows, if you have already shows in the pipeline with the intro and outro in them, just send them in and I'll remove them. But um, double intro and outros are, uh, are annoying. So now we have the automated text-to-speech and the agreed approach. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot cleaner. Yep, far ahead. Okay, so next topic was just to say that, that you've already heard, actually, that there are some developments on HBR that have been going ahead in the past month, I guess, wasn't it? Um, we've been, uh, well, you've been doing the work to to improve the workflow on the server, and I've been uh, fiddling around with a few bits and pieces at my end as well. So the key to it all is there's a set of state values which indicate where the, the show is in the sort of flow, the workflow, um, and that's so that we humans can see who, who that every, every the steps have all been done, or the mm-hmm. steps that we need to have ready before we do our step is all, already there. There's also bits of software that, uh, that are checking it as well. So um, you have changed the calendar page to show some of these uh, yep. state mnemonics against shows, so to give some sort of idea. So I've just made a list of them, uh, at least the ones that are visible on the on the calendar page, uh, with a very brief explanation of what uh, what it means. So I'm not sure the last one's ever going to be visible there, is it? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe, but we'll just leave it anyway. So. Um, yeah, so we've, we've tried to, between us to, to make things as, as um, uh, simple as possible for ourselves so that we, we're not spending lots and lots of time um, poking around with shows and hacking on, uh, with them and whatever. So, uh, so yeah, that, uh, so far, it's looking looking pretty good. Yeah, fingers crossed. So the, when you submit your show, it'll show, so show submitted on the web page. And then Dave will download it, and once you're finished, it'll show metadata is processed. Um, and that's where you can expect the naughty emails from Dave. <laughs> you spelt this wrong. <laughs> you don't know the images posted. And then when Dave's finished, I will then um, post the show, which downloads it, and then I have a check. Um, do I... No, I don't scrub the audio at that stage. I just post the show without actually listening to the media. But I do look at the metadata, if it's the right series, if there's a new host to be created, if there's images and all that sort of stuff. That's what happens there. And then um, after that, I will run the transcoding thing, which takes on the shows and does the text-to-speech. There I scrub through the audio. I see if there's double intros and outros. I get the waveform to see if there's uh, you know peaks and stuff. So sometimes I've noticed actually um, people sending in audio where um, the intro and outro are are amplified, but the audio itself isn't. And it's sometimes due to like a spike in the audio where there's a high peak where somebody clicks something or there's a knockout cider. And if you those cases, I sometimes go in and edit, they open it in Audacity and just delete that microsecond where that happens. And then that allows the leveling to, to occur. 
Well, it's kind of, uh, maybe there's something I can automate later on. I, I don't know. Um, once that's done, it says the media is transcoded. And then Dave will take that and then upload it to the Internet Archive. And that's basically where we are now. Um, I still need to manually, uh, I manually sync everything to the, or sync.net, but we'll, um, we'll do that in the fullness of time. I'm just wondering, do we keep a record, a history of, of the show processing thing, or is that just of no interest to anybody? I, um, I, I am an inveterate log uh, keeper. Um, so yeah. I, uh, things I write, I tend to add a, a logging feature to it. So it just writes, you know, I'm working on show such and such, and I just did this to it and whatever. So it, it's, it's useful, I find, to go back and look what the hell happened there, especially if you're debugging mm. things. But um, that's just me. Uh, yeah, uh, whether it needs to be in the reservations table or maybe it might be enough to take the whole lot and just dump it to a workflow.txt file into the HPR um, website. That if you know that file exists in your episode, you can you can get it. Yeah, that might be the that might be the key. Once we've uploaded it to our sync, then um, yeah, dump it out there. Well, yeah, I'll have a think about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we can talk that one through. <laughs> when I have the next operation. <laughs> what is it? It's my turn. It's my turn. Operate, Go for an operation, I mean, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other, there's two more topics. Uh, one was to say that the problems with access from Argentina seem to have been resolved. Some help from, from Josh, I think, who uh, tweaked yep. a firewall, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there was uh, some sort of... Um issue identified as an attack coming in from uh, from there and it got a little bit too uh, blocked a few too many addresses I think so yep. that's been fixed so that's that's good so um, the person who reported it seems to be happy and heard from <laughs> yeah no although so, so that's good although their excuse for not uploading a show has, has gone out the window <laughs> don't you think Dave <laughs> well I would think so yes yes Yes, particular. We we don't get much from Argentina. That'd be great. First show from the entire country. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So the last thing then in this AOB list is uh, talking about the older shows on archive.org. Again, having said that 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 phase of the thing was was um, finished. Well, it was. We we uploaded all older shows to Internet Archive, but. I think we said last time round there was a bunch that needed all of the audio to be updated. So there was only MP3 versions there. So we're going through a process of taking the MP3 that we have and turning it into the WAV and ARG and other formats and uh, uploading them. And along the way, we're also making sure they have the the um, audio tags that um, they should have. Um, and so, before Taj has a heart attack at taking a lossless format and confirming it, taking a lossful format and converting it to a lossless format, mm -hmm, the reason mm -hmm. we're doing it is to fix the metadata. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, so, yeah, and we also wanted to make sure that all the shows on the Internet Archive are self-contained so that if they refer to other files and that type of thing, they are all on the Internet Archive. 
together in a, in a bundle. Yeah. So, so shows that were um, up, uploaded during 2017 in the range 871 to 2429 are the ones that need work. So there's a phase two, as I'm calling it, is to chew through these. So I just just mentioned what we're doing. I won't be mentioning it again, but I will keep the statistics of progress and stats so far is that I managed to do 131 of these shows. I'm doing them in batches of five, trying to remember them to do to do them every day. I've got the, all the automation in place to do it, and um, so that leaves us. 1,428 to do. So I'll just keep that, those totals running in, in uh, upcoming uh, community news. Cool. Chugging, chugging away. Chugging away. Very nice. Busy month there, Dave, all in all. <laughs> yeah, it has been, yeah. So I've not had time to do other things, I realise. <laughs> I also have to record some shows now. And I also realized I just boosted a, um, a tweet there on um, on Mastodon that if you add .rss to the end of your name on Mastodon or your URL, that you can get an RSS feed. And I think that would be interesting to add to the uh, HPR website and to the community news to be able to that's, read the... Yeah, that's a yeah. good point, actually. Yes, yes. I yeah, did at one point... Connect to a what's it an HPR to the HPR RSS in Thunderbird with its RSS reader, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. I've not really been paying attention to whether I'm getting anything. But uh, yeah. yeah, but that that would be a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, nice because there's uh, there's some stuff uh, comes through there over day. And if you could, um, if you're on Twitter uh, on a daily basis and on uh, Mastodon. Mostly Mastodon is where the community is, to be brutally honest with you. Um, but uh, on Twitter, there's people with <laughs> high-protein fiber diets trying to, uh, high-protein something, trying to get the HPR hashtag. And uh, there's another one, something radio, hi-fi radio or something or other. And uh, it just bugs me. So if you could all, any of you who are on non-freedom loving platforms like Twitter, if you could uh, um, just boost the uh, the tweets every day. So mostly the tweets coming out is the, is the title. And then mostly I comment on uh, copying and pasting the summary in with uh, today on HPR. And then just more to give it a, uh, that there's some activity in the community. So feel free to boost those. Feel free to comment uh, on there, particularly if we can get the comments into the community news show as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see adding much more work to his list than he has time to do. <laughs> <laughs> An old story, that one. Old story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's useful. But I didn't realize that... Um, there was a, 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 a protective reason for, for, for boosting these things or whatever the term is. No, I, it's just my personal thing. When I when I open it up, I expect that hashtag HBR is uh, about HBR. <laughs> well, yeah. on the Twitter feed, there are two other accounts that uh, that are sometimes we get information from people, you know, posts. Uh, Hawaii Public Radio, absolutely fine with that. So on the 
on the Twitter bio, I have Hawaii Public Radio, you know, redirect to this, to their handle. And then there's the Kenyan uh, Higher Parliament representative or something, which is the second, you know, the lower house or the second house in the, in the Kenyan Parliament. And sometimes I get stuff from them. So I, I, I have no problem, you know, replying back to people and saying, I think you mean this Twitter handle. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. But when it comes to advertisers and stuff, hijacking our hashtag, people, come on, surely. Yeah, that's the way the world is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to worry, it just bugs me. So, Dave, anything else? I think that's that's it. I think that's it. We, uh, yeah. Good month. Good month. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been been, uh, busy. Um, on the uh, development front, but uh, yeah, good. Yeah. good. That was good to get that out of the way. It's been years I've been talking about it, to be honest. And uh, and it's now I'm just looking at the show six three six oh three is uploaded today. Three six one two is uploaded today, so I can clear those out. And uh, yeah, that's useful. If you see it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, it has good potential to uh, to make things much more uh, clear and, and obvious and, uh, and avoid mistakes because I was always sending you messages on, uh, on no I, I like to get them because I, st- I don't go I do go to the HBR website every day in order to make sure the website's up and nothing weird is happening it's just you sometimes you would forget to do that I forgot to do that and then people were people reported that the website was down so I make sure as part of my daily feed to go there go there and get it and I also make sure to download, subscribe to the RSS feed to make sure that both of those work. Cool. Plotting about. Yep. Hey, so that's good. Okay, I'll go make dinner. Right, yes. uh, first I'll edit the show, and then I'll... No, I'll edit the show. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to happen. Uh, no, I will post the show, and then I will uh, make dinner. I'm just wondering actually how posting this show is going to work because uh, they're yeah it's a reserve show so it's actually different yes 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 I, I don't think we'd really I'm going to break my script so I'm not going to spend four hours trying to fix it <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah yeah there are definitely going to be some edge cases that catch us out here yeah but yeah. still not, not the end of the world it was good actually in that whole backlog because there was people who sent in images, people who updated their profile, there were new hosts, there were uh, clashes where shows had been posted previously, so it was it was actually perfect. It <laughs> tested nearly every edge case. <laughs> so, yes. Good stuff. Alright, tune in tomorrow, folks, for another exciting adventure here on Hacker Public Radio! Radio. to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you can click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 
4.0 International License.